Transmitter device activated. Coordinate set for Earth 2. Hey everyone, welcome to the Earth 2 podcast, the podcast where we explore the origins and the development of the DC Comics multiverse and the legacy of their Golden Age characters throughout the Silver and the Bronze Ages of comics. I'm Peter Watson. And I'm David Steele. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. If you're a regular listener, you'll be aware that we've done a couple of issues of Brave and Bold. Very recently we did issue 75 where Batman teamed up with Golden Age superhero The Spectre Mm -hmm. under a gorgeous Neil Adams cover. This week we're doing Brave and the Bold issue 76, following issue Brave and the Bold, in which Batman teams up with Golden Age superhero Plastic Man under a gorgeous Neil Adams cover. Yes. Now, obviously we've done a few issues of Plastic Man's own comic. The most recent one we did, we did issue 7, that the Plastic Man who we'd encountered previously had actually been the son Mm. of a Plastic Man who'd previously been active. Yes. We weren't sure if it was the the Earth 1, Earth 2, or Earth whatever, but obviously, as we said, the letters page told us to more or less consider the fact that he was on his own Earth. So this is the first time we've really seen Plastic Man interacting properly with another superhero. Mm -hmm. So doubtless we will have a little bit of speculation about which Earth this could be taking place on. Oh, yes. But bearing in mind, because this is brave and bold, you know, this is a comic where there is a, a Chinese year of the bat, which is something that, as we learned, did not exist in real life. So <laughs> basically anything could happen in the next mm. little while. Do you want to tell us about the cover to B&B 76? Certainly shall. We've got a dynamic shot of a skyscraper. Mm. And Plastic Man is at the top of the skyscraper, it looks like. And he's giant and he's all falling apart. All bits of plastic tendrils are all coming off him. Mm. He looks as if he's in a bit of bother. And part of him's coming down over the form of Batman, mm. who's fighting, grasping the collar of the bad guy who we'll discover is called the Moulder. Mm. And the Moulder is shooting up at Plastic Man. And that could possibly be causing Plasi's troubles. Yes. He's firing a sort of ray gun. There's a little burst of mm. blue energy. Well, quite a big burst of blue energy that's striking Plastic Man. And Plastic Man looks a bit pained. And Batman looks very worried. Mm-hmm. Very dynamic. Very exciting cover. Neil Adams, man. Amazing. This is one of the earliest 1960s comics I ever got. Right. So I'm really looking forward to jumping into when this. Did so. you, when did you acquire it? Can you remember? In the 80s. In the 80s. So. Well, I discovered when I dug this one out in preparation, I bought my copy from, from Daryl Jones at Silver Acre, which means at some point, I'm guessing this could have been late 90s or early 2000s mm-hmm. probably when I got this. And at the top, we've got three amazing logos. We have the Brave and Bold logo, as it says, the Brave and Bold Presents... Batman! And it's Batman with his classic logo with his cape around him and his face poking out from behind the cape. And Plastic Man! And it's the Plastic Man logo that we've seen recently on his title. Yep. I love the way that the Plastic Man logo has has been placed so it it pops out against Plastic Man's gloop. Yes. You know, it's it's quite a crowded, busy cover, so... Uh Doing that means there's room for the for the logos. Yeah. Indeed. And at the bottom there's a bubble caption that says the name of the story, which is... Doom, what is thy shape? Doom has dynamic, slightly scary looking lettering and what is thy is a bit more straightforward and shape is a bit more, I would say, groovy looking. Yes, definitely. And it's also coloured in yellow, whereas the rest Mm -hmm. of the text is in red. It's very interesting. So by this point, Brave and the Bold is now, from here onwards, a Batman team-up book. Yes. Neil Adams himself will illustrate a few stories coming very soon. We won't be doing any of them, unfortunately, because mm-hmm. they don't fall into a remit. But you know, we'll we'll certainly have a few more of his covers to talk about. Shall we dive straight in? Yes, this is a Bob Haney story with uh, Mike Skowski art, so expect a wild ride. <laughs> Absolutely. So, running page is a large caption box at the top. It's a little Brave and Bold logo. The Brave and Bold presents Batman and Plastic Man, which is nice. And then we have a little text box underneath that that says... 
They said it couldn't be lived, told, or drawn. What? The team-up of Batman and Plastic Man in one great blockbuster. We spent a fortune and at least ten minutes to find out who <laughs> they really were. And guess what? They don't exist. So that sly, fantastic Plastic Man and the Cape Crusader lived it. And here, we tell it in wondrous word and pulsating picture. The epic of the most amazing threat Gotham City ever faced. When even the two mighty superheroes could only gasp, Doom, what, what is thy shape? Gosh, and again, Doom is rendered in a slightly scary way like it is on the cover. That caption box is kind of giving me the fear. I wonder if we're kind of like <laughs> dripping backwards into Batman TV yes. territory. Yes, well, it's Bob Haney and yeah. he does like being zany. He pure does. So yes, here we go then with issue 76 of Brain the Bold, published on December the 26th, 1967. It's the final comic from 1967 that we'll be doing. And I wonder if any of our listeners bought it on the racks Gosh. on Boxing Day. Please, Please let, us, let know. us know. So, under the story title, we have a dynamic half-page opening splash panel that shows Batman in a bit of trouble. We're obviously in a subway tunnel. There's a sort of gloop that Batman is caught up in. It covers the tracks, goes up the side of the wall. There's a train rushing towards. The baddie who Pete told us earlier is called the Molder. He was a green overall outfit, green leggings, green top. He's orange boots, orange gloves, an orange cape, and a weird helmet that comes over his face and there's a little detail at the top. His face is clear, so his actual features aren't obscured. It's not like he's wearing a mask. He's standing basically side on in the wall, almost as if he's a Spider-Man power and can stick. So the train is roaring towards us. And as the Mulder stands there, he's saying, Nothing can save the great guardian of Gotham now. So say I, the Mulder. <laughs> and from the train, there is a scream that says, <coughs> And another passenger remarks, Blocking the way, it's Batman. We're going to crash into him. Bats is at the foreground of the panel. It almost looks as if addressing the camera. He looks very riled, so we'll see how long it takes before we reach this part in the story. Over the page then, the caption says, at the Second National Bank of Gotham City, a sleek, low-slung GTO jams disc brakes beside a window teller. Yes, drive through banking. Gosh. Who knew there was such a thing? Mm. So a very sleek-looking sports car, the registration plate NY13-17. You can see a young lady within this kiosk. There's a cash register beside her. There's a gentleman behind her, obviously another member of staff. There's obviously a kind of speaker system thing going on because we hear the girl from inside the kiosk saying... Making a deposit, sir? In panel two, a voice comes from the car and says, No, baby, I'm making a withdrawal. Eek! The mirror! Changing into a grabbing hand! And we can see that basically the wing mirror has a hand stretching out from it, and it's making a grab for a bag that's on the kiosk desk. In the next panel, the teller has obviously fainted, and she's being attended to by a male colleague who says, Great gravy! There were thousands of dollars in that payroll! Ah, the panel also shows in the background, the car zooming off. So they obviously pulled the money and grabbed it out and managed to squeeze it through that tiny little opening. And as the car zooms off, it's being fired after by a policeman who is exclaiming, Don't worry, our computer guardian system has made a complete record and description of that car. It won't get far. Okay, so we finally arrive at the bottom of page two and the caption says, Sophisticated electronic circuits hum and within split instance on the radar scope, of an even sleeker, lower-slung vehicle. We're inside the Batmobile, listeners. We can see many knobs and switches and dials. There's a little screen actually showing the, the fancy orange sports car that was outside the bank kiosk. And a little radio voice is coming through on Batman's little speaker. And it's saying, 
Getaway car last seen heading west on Gotham Expressway. This is great because you don't actually see Batman. You see the steering wheel. You see his hands on the gear stick. This is a super cool introduction. Batman has some dialogue and he says, There it is, heading right for the intersection ahead. I'll just intercept him there with that exact electronic image. I won't get the bank heist car mixed up with any other. Go, little Batmobile. Wowza. Top of page three now. The caption for the first panel says, a grind of five on the floor gears as bulletproof tires scorch the macadam and the famed Batmobile builds revs like they were going out of style. <laughs> Gee whiz, man. This is like the most. So this very dynamic panel shows the, the car that just robbed the bank coming down from an exit ramp. Batman is coming along underneath the motorway. He's coming up behind and Batman says, Another hundred yards and I'll head him off at the pass, partner. However... In panel two, we have a caption that says, But suddenly... And with a burst of energy, well, it needs a sound effect or something because the, the fancy sleek sports car transforms into an ordinary red van. The caption for panel three on page three says, One, two moments later... We're with Batman inside the Batmobile as he beholds the van in front of him, a little red van that has a sign on the side that says, Schultz's Delicatessen, we deliver. Batman observes, What the... Panel delivery truck? But what happened to that fast getaway buggy? I don't get it. According to the radar blip, the heist car was the only vehicle in the area. But that truck can't be it. All that electronic gadgetry must have goofed. We've got a slow dissolve here at the final panel of page three in a caption that says, That's a wrong o Batman, for high above observing your confusion. We see the Mulder, as we already described. He looks slightly overweight. Green outfit, orange gloves, boots. It looks like a, some sort of dial on the wrist of his right glove. The weird helmet that doesn't cover his face. And he's perched on top of a building, in fact, on a sort of bat-shaped gargoyle. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, Ha ha! The great Batman is puzzled by what I, the Mulder, have wrought. So, as we arrive at the top of page four, the Mulder has twisted his cape around the bat gargoyle and is almost sort of abseiling down the side of the building. And as he does this, he says, But then, perhaps he hasn't heard of plastic with a memory. The robbery car's body was first a truck. With a quick remoulding job, it became a sports model. Then, as Batman was about to intercept, it remembered its original truck form and regained that form instantly. Batman does not know that we live in the plastic age. Yes, mankind has existed through the Stone Age, the Iron Age, the Steel Age. Some call this the Atomic Age, but they are wrong. Continues to abseil down, firing some little grappling hooks that he's firing mm -hmm. out from his gloves. Yes. He's leaping onto another building. And he continues to say, It is the age of plastic, the most versatile material of all. It can be lighter than paper, stronger than steel, assume any shape, and even invent a host of new forms. Hmm. Who could he be describing here? Anyway. We now see the Mulder hanging off the side of a building, which is handily labelled Warehouse, in a very Batman 66 TV show type way. He's using some of his plastic grappling hooks to keep him in position. His cape's hanging down, and he's observing a van driving into the warehouse. And he continues to say, Now, plastic can even think, remember, and obey. Yes, hail to the age of plastic, and I, the Mulder, its master. <laughs> the Mulder swings down and lands beside the van. The window to the van is open and obviously it's his goon inside bearing the bag that he stole from the bank kiosk. And he hands it to the Mulder saying, It went smooth, Mulder. Smooth as... Plastic, you dolt! Of course, 
for my plans, my technique, and my great ally, the plastics, are going to revolutionise crime and all human behaviour. In that close-up, he really looks like Owl Man of the Crime Syndicate, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, very much so. Hmm. Maybe he's the whichever Earth equivalent <laughs> that is. Maybe, yeah, his real identity is what Owl Man's identity yeah. is on Earth 3. Interesting. Possible. Interesting. Anyway. So, top of page five, we're now inside the Mulder's den. There's a big vat to the left of this panel. You can see a big pipe and there's orange liquid plastic streaming out of it. On the front of the vat are heavy, large, human-style shapes. Obviously, maybe perhaps moulds that the plastic is being turned into. They look a bit like Gort from... They do. Uh, the day the Earth stood still. Yeah. yeah. Think of that, listeners, if it helps you visualise them. And, I mean, this is the most generic supervillain costume I've ever seen. <laughs> At least the MF Enterprises guys, you know, turned out and wore their best smart casual. That's true, yeah. This guy's quite lazy. Some nice cravats and things. Yeah, and jumpers and shirts and smartly pressed trousers. Immaculate facial hair. So the molder is operating his equipment. He's got one hand on a wheel and another on a button, pouring the plastic into a mold. And as he's doing all this, he's saying to no one in particular, Now, for the next great event of the Age of Plastic. The moulding of a very special batch of polymer plastic, conditioned with DNA and biogenetic plasma, thus implanting in the finished forms inherited reactions and synapses. We see now that the moulds swung open in front of the, the vat and looming out are these sort of... There's no other way of putting it. They look almost like shop window dummies. They're almost yes. featureless. They're, you know, humanoid shape. And I'm wondering now if Robert Holmes read this issue of Brave and the Bold before he wrote Spearhead from Space. Were you having that same thought? Yes. Uh -huh. this, <laughs> could this be the Earth One equivalent of the Autons? Yes. That's a new reference, folks. There we are. Yep. Anyway, the motor continues. In brief, I've created thinking, lifelike beings who can do anything I bid them to. The Plastoids. Forward march. Not long after, in a subway train... Yeah, we see a bunch of commuters sit with their newspapers and their hats and obviously travelling. There's a, an advert in the background for cigarettes on the wall that just says smoke. That's awful, isn't it? <laughs> and there are half a dozen of the plastoids that the moulder has just created. They're now wearing identical purple overalls, a bit like the identical overalls that the Autons and Doctor Who all wore. Mm -hmm. And... The plastoids are all standing, holding on to little the hoops, the rings or whatever that hang from the subway carriage roof. One computer, chap in a suit with a newspaper, remarks to the chap next to him, Look at these weird bozos. And the other guy, who's a man wearing a hat, says, Must be a publicity stunt. Caption name for the next panel. Suddenly! And a lady, wearing a pillbox hat and pearl necklace, screams, Eek! They've seized us in plastic tentacles! Yeah, the plastoids have moved forward and all of the commuters are caught up and wrapped around with these plastic tentacles that are emerging from the plastoids. The man in the hat is saying, Robbing us! Help! And another man who is probably on the other side of the carriage exclaims, No! Help! So, tentacles, eh? Plastic. Hmm. Dear Doctor Who magazine, did you think? Anyway, now at the top of page six, the caption says, Once again, the call goes out, and, responding of course, Gotham's Guardian. Yes, this is amazing. We're still in the subway. We can see the plastoids running from the subway train, which is ground to a halt, and whirling in from the left in a sort of small one-man helicopter, which I can't imagine was very safe to use in an underground tunnel, is Batman. Batman can see the plastoids running away, and he says, There go those weird robot subway thieves. I'll flack them down easily in the whirly bats. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Earth 2 podcast debut of my favourite bat vehicle of all time, <laughs> the Whirly Bats. <laughs> I love the Whirly Bat out of everything that Batman's got. It's my favourite thing. It's basically a collapsible one-man helicopter you can fold up and throw oh, in really? the trunk of your car. It I is see. phenomenal. So he probably used a normal way to get into the tunnel and then unfolded it and assembled it. And yep. Switched it on and... And Indeed. tightened it all up with Allen keys and all that stuff. <laughs> it's also known as the Bat Gyro or the Bat Copter. Yes, I've heard of both of those. Yeah. yeah. It first appeared in Detective Comics 257. Right. And it will pop up again. It pops up in a couple of stories we're going to be covering later in Brave and Bold. Okay. But genuinely, it's my favourite method of transport for yes. Batman. It's phenomenal. It got a silencer mode quite early on, so it's not as obvious or obtrusive as you would think. Right. It's basically a quick, fast, easy way for him to get around. It's See. been used fairly recently as well. It was used in the Hush storyline as well. Okay. When I say fairly recently, as, as we Is call it, things in, <laughs> recent in the David Steele and Peter Watson sense <laughs> of meaning at any point in the last 20 years. So yes, Whirly Bats. I love it. And it's a crime that when, I think it was Eagle Moss did all those bat vehicles, they never did, did a Whirly Bat. It. Right. I I was absolutely gutted. Did you contact them and say that you'd like one? No, because I assumed it would automatically happen because it's such a major bat vehicle. Yeah. Also, the Whirly Bat has got a couple of wheels at the bottom, so it can move around on ground in right. a limited capacity. So yeah, it is really cool. But basically, he just collapses it down and throws it in the trunk of the Batmobile and mm-hmm. there you go, it's there. Right. It's fantastic. It sounds like the sort of thing that John Pertwee's Doctor Who would have loved to use. Totally. This issue is obviously a massive influence on John Pertwee's Doctor Who. <laughs> Back to the story. <laughs> yes, but it's interesting, actually, because I was about to say, you're saying that's your favourite Bat vehicle, because uh-huh. this next panel, panel two of page six, is possibly my favourite panel that we've ever mentioned in, in the podcast. <laughs> panel two is a caption that says, But as the tiny copter flits around a bend in the tracks... And we have a shot, obviously, from the point of view of someone standing on the platform. Now, there's, there are pillars with the number 24, so does that mean it's 24th Street, or the station is number 24, or it's platform... Uh, 24th 20- Street, yeah. Yeah. Entering, zooming in from stage left, is Batman. Now, I want to say, you can kind of tell it was Mike Zikowski because the detail in the railway station is minimal. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a doorway, obviously. There's no hint of any posters. It's very... If Wes Anderson made a Batman movie, this panel would be a shot from that movie. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Huh? So anyway, Batman flies in from the left saying, Gone. Those robots have vanished. Nothing here but a deserted subway stop. He gets a close-up in the next panel, and he says, What's happening in Gotham? First, that bank heist car vanishes. Now, those robots and their loot. Wait a minute. There's no subway station at 24th Street. Those station pillars, they're phony. Yes, a great shot of the the Bat Gyro taking a, a different angle here. And he continues in panel six. Now they're changing shape, back to those weirdo robots. Oh gosh, yeah. You see the plastoids emerging and forming from the pillars. It's very dynamic, very exciting. Top of page seven, first panel. Batman says, This time I'll be ready for any of their quick change tricks. They must be some kind of fantastic plastic. Yes, he's hovering above them now in his whirly bat or the batcopter, and they're all running sort of underneath him, they can see him, that much is evident. So yes, so basically they ran out of that tunnel, he turned the corner, and they've turned into the pillars so they can get away from him, and he's flown beyond, come back, they've changed back too early, etc. Right, okay, that's fine. So panel 2 of page 7, above Batman, hanging by his legs from a support beam, it's the Mulder, who's watching, and he says, Right, Batman, they are special plastic, and so is this. And with a... Out of a little nozzle 
on the top of his helmet, and if you turn him upside down, he is grotesque. That's a face yes. only a mother could love. Out of this little nozzle, well, the caption helps us out here because it says, And as the whirly bat flits into the gushing mass of plastic... So yeah, it seems that the, basically the, the moulder scooshes some form of plastic from the nozzle in the top of his head. That's weird. Where does he keep it? That's what I want to know. Is it format or nothing? In the cape, it's... who knows? Yeah. Tanks in the cape. Fascinating. So yeah, we now see that Batman, the final panel of page 7, is caught in this onrushing, gooey flow. And he cries, What? I'm being hit by a plastic deluge. And... It's hardening. Gosh. So we arrive at the top of page eight. And we see that Batman is completely caught up in the gloop. We see that the Mulder's costume is actually stretched out behind him and attached to the overhead support beams. And he's swinging down. His plastoids are running into the tunnel ahead of him. And he crawls back to Batman saying, Yes, Batman. The fastest hardening plastic ever made. It has you trapped like an insect. Come, my pets. I believe I hear a train coming. Ha 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 ha. Caption for the next panel. A few moments later... Basically, we're on the roof of a subway train as it hurtled towards Batman, who's trapped in the plastic coop. Batman is thinking, Oh, the Uptown Express, and I'm worse off than a slow local on the same track. And then this panel is rendered out with a caption that says, Looks like the Caped Crusader will be derailed for eternity. Is there no room, no future for Batman in the age of plastic? Has the Mulder triumphed where so many other villains have failed? Lo, all shall be answered in part two, which explodes on second page following. The rest of this page is rounded out with an advertisement for a monogram model of the Boot Hill Express. Old Deadeye says have fun, get a new cookie car kit, and it's a skeleton. And it looks very much like something that perhaps the Munsters would drive. Yes. Anyway, so now we arrive at the top of page nine. And the caption says, part two, Doom, Doom. what What is is thy thy shape? shape? And the caption that says, You're tired after a hard day, jammed into the Uptown Express with other job-weary Gothamites when blocking the way is none other than... And one of the passengers exclaims, Batman! And one of the other guys says, It must be some kind of new subway ad. And then a very attractive young lady says, Ah, it's no ad, we're going to ram him! Yep, because they can all see through the window of the train, Batman... Caught up in the gloop, the caption for panel two says, Suddenly... Yes, well, stretching round from behind the train and coming in front is a big, long red arm with a large hand at the front and someone inside the train says, That man's arm stretching out, out. And a second voice says, Crazy! What's happening here? And then with a boing sound effect in the final panel, we see that the big hand has stretched around, caught onto another support beam and caught the train in its tracks, literally, just before it collides with Batman, who's still struggling with the goop. Gosh, how exciting. Now, mm-hmm. who do you think Big Hand belonged to, listeners? Let's find out. Let's find out. Over the page, top of page 10, and revealed, it's Plastic Man. He's drawn his hand back in, turned it a sort of hammer, and he's breaking at the gloop to get Batman free. From inside the train, a man in a suit says, Batman saved by Plastic Man. What a ride. And the second guy says, I like Fun City. But this is too much. And then another passenger very wryly observes. Probably raise the fare after this. Awesome. So the next panel, Batman is free from the gloop. And he says, Well, I'll be a superhero's uncle-in-law. Plastic Man, where'd you pop from? Plaz replies, Greetings, Batman. I was tracking a super baddie called the Mulder. His trail led to Gotham and right to this spot. Batman replies, The Mulder. So... 
That's the character behind all this fantastic villainy. The next panel's very interesting, very moody shot of Plastic Man and Batman in conversation. Big Shadow's been cast, throwing Batman's silhouette against the wall of the tunnel. Very effective, very moody. And the conversation between the two heroes continues. Check! He was a plastics research expert who went berserk after a lab accident. He's brilliant, cunning and sick. His command of secret modern plastic powers make him one tough foe. Batman replies, So I've noticed, Plastic Man, but now we're a team. We'll mold this molder into shape for a jail cell or a hospital. Now, you see the molder hunched and hiding up above, looking down on the two of them, and he's thinking, Bad news. Plastic Man and Batman working together against me. The age of plastic faces its first crisis. Crisis. There we go. Mm -hmm. I must destroy them both, utterly, now. It will be the supreme test of my powers, of the fitness of plastic, to rule the world. We arrive then at the top of page 11, and the Crepe Crusader and the Pliable Paladin still chatting away. Batman says, Okay, Plaz, let's get cracking after this Mulder before he pulls some other incredible plastic crime. He already has. We're too late, unless I can just knock you away. There! And Plastic Man suddenly stretched out his right arm and knocked Batman backwards. Batman exclaims, Hey! Falls to the ground. In the next panel, Plastic Man explains, You're shocked, Batman, but not half as shocked as if you'd gotten into your sky taxi with this hotline touching its metal frame. We see that Plas has leaned forward and pulled out a sparking live wire which had obviously been connected by the molder to Batman's backcopter. Plas continues, Being plastic, I'm a non-conductor. Batman says, Blazes, that means he's here, down here, the molder. And in the next panel, the molder swings down in front of them from where he's hiding place and swings back out again, really. Plastic Man stretches up, saying, There he goes, and here I go after him. Batman runs for his backcopter, saying, Be right with you, Plaz, now that the Whirly Bats Unplugged. Whirly Bats Unplugged was a best-selling album in the MTV series featuring acoustic performances by prominent musicians. But of course, the Whirly Bats, no one ever heard of them, so they didn't no. do terribly well. The final panel of page 11 shows Batman zooming up again in his helicopter and he looks back and he notices that Plastic Man doesn't seem to be coming with him. So Batman observes, Wait, Plaz, you're going the wrong way. And Plaz, who's down the ground stretching his hands out and grabbing again at some handy support pillows, says, No, Batman, I'm just stretching the old plastic corpuscles. And as we turn the page to page 12, he continues, So I can make like a big rubber band. And with a massive giant kaboing, he springs forward. The caption says, With amazing speed, the most unique superhero of them all hurtles after his foe. Yeah, with another cowboying. Plastic Man emerges from the tunnel, following after the Mulder who's running along the track ahead of him. Mulder looking back over his shoulder, saying, Plastic Man, he dares defy the Mulder? Then let him feel the full power of the very substance his own body is composed of. And as O'Brien stretches up above the molder in a sort of weird zigzag shape, the molder fires some plastic goop again from the nozzle on his helmet. Plastic Man tries to avoid it, saying, Hot jets of plastic, eh? So I'll make like a jet plane taking evasive action. Here a zig, there a zag. Here a zig. And then the molder's blast connects with Plastic Man, and Plastic Man starts to fragment. Plastic Man says, Yikes! Zigged when I should have zagged! And the final panel of page 12 is absolutely horrifying. The molder is gloating as with a boing. boing. 
plastic man who's broken into four pieces is cast away. He's snapped at the waist. We see his legs. We see one of his arms stretching away. We see his lower torso. We see his upper head and shoulders. And another arm goes flying. It's absolutely horrendous. Yep. Wow. The Mulder gloating says, Now that plastic buffoon is several rubber bands, all rebounding out of his control. Ha 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 ha! Top of page 13. Caption says, And as plastic man scatters around the city skyline. Yep. Zooming out of the, the rail tunnel behind the Mulder. Batman's on the whirly bat. The Mulder sees him and says, So, Gotham's Cape Crusader comes. He too shall be a casualty of the plastic age. Panel 2, the Mulder exclaims, All jets, on! And with a foot and a foot, he starts firing more plastic from the nozzle on his helmet, from his wrist gauntlets, and even from some nozzles on the side of his legs. <laughs> it's bizarre. It's grotesque. In the next panel, the whirly bat is caught in this liquid plastic onslaught. Batman cries, Holy confetti! Those plastic streamers entangling the whirly bats got to turn on full power. Caption for panel 4 of page 13 says, Go, little whirly bat, go! But... There's a whop as the, the whirly bat tries to get away from the plastic, but seems to get more and more tangled. The moulder down on the ground says, Caught! Ensnared like a fly in a web! So begins the age of plastic, with the defeat of not one but two mighty superheroes. The next panel, the Mulder is firing another nozzle from his wrist and obviously creating some sort of rope so he can swing up and away. Batman has managed to get himself out of the flailing, falling whirly bat and is hanging on to one of the strips of plastic that's spread across between the, the buildings. And Batman is saying, Blast it! The Mulder is leaping away with a plastic assist. Even I can't keep up with that speed. Plastic Man, go find him! But where is he? Top of page 14 now. Oh gosh, this is grotesque. We see Batman walking along the street. Under one arm, under his right arm, he has Plastic Man's torso and one of Plastic Man's legs. And under his other arm, he has one of Plastic Man's arms and his other leg. We can see lying on the pavement, Plastic Man's other arm. And poking out the top of a US mailbox, it's Plastic Man's upper torso with his head and shoulders. I don't want any shampoo. As Batman approaches, he doesn't look too pained. It must be honest, Batman says... You're all over the place, Plas. Plastic Man replies, Check, Batman. I got a real quick tour of Gotham, but not the way I'd like it. I feel like Humpty Dumpty. To which Batman replies, And I guess I'm all the king's horses and his men too. The next panel, we basically see Batman fitting Plastic Man's arm back into place. Now, it's interesting because there's a clear dissection here that mm -hmm. makes it look as if Plastic Man is just made of solid plastic. Yes. Very interesting. Do you remember that famous Secret Wars UK cover when the Captain America and Reed Richards and Logan, there's a massive explosion behind them and they've gone sort of X-ray style translucent and you can see that Reed Richards spine and arms, the bones, the skeleton sort of stretches within oh, right. them. No, I'd always that. kind of thought of Plastic Man being sort of similar, apart from I suppose that time in the modern, in the David and Peter sense, JLA, when he was totally corrupted and they had to pick him up in bits from the ocean. Do you remember that? Yeah. There's a cover when he's getting poured out as gloop. I'd never really considered that he could just be broken into pieces and then reassembled. It's quite horrible, yeah. isn't it? Well, Plastic Man is more of a shape changer than, say, mm. for example, Elongated Man. He's yeah. more of a stretcher as yeah. opposed to someone right. actually physically changing. Yeah. So I think that so would apply to, for him. He would have to be... I'd always just imagined his bones were sort of jelly, but this is... Certainly not at this period. No, he's... I mean, it's interesting. The way he's drawn in this panel, he looks very much like Plastic Man Senior from issue seven. Yes. In fact, he looks like Zachary Levi wearing a pair of swimming goggles. <laughs> 
So anyway, Batman is fitting Plastic Man's arm back into place, and the pliable paladin is saying, The molder tried to send me airmail, but it looks like there is insufficient postage. <laughs> Batman says, Enough with the jokes, Plaz. We've got big trouble. The molder is gone. We don't know where and how he'll hit next. Sorry, old caping cowl. Just put me together and we'll get after Mr. Mulder before he brews another batch of plastic power. Now, at this point, I just want to say this definitely feels like there's some familiarity between yes. Batman and Plastic Man here. Yes. You're all over the place, Plaz. Old cape and cowl. Mm -hmm. That definitely suggests some familiarity. And because this Batman has the yellow oval mm -hmm. and the copter, and you know, are we assuming that this is the Batman of Earth One? I would certainly say this is definitely you know, generally the ba Batman of Earth One. Brave and bold is Batman of Earth One. Mm -hmm. So, is this a first appearance of Plastic Man in Earth One? I would say yes, because his this issue is being published contemporaneously with his ongoing series. Mm -hmm. Does that then ergo mean that the slightly raised and frantic adventures of the Plastic Man that we saw in that comic could probably be this version of the same guy? Which means are they maybe on Earth One as well. I wouldn't say so. No, they definitely said they've got their own yeah. Earth, so basically to ignore all yeah. that sort of thing. So this is, I believe this should be the first appearance of an Earth One of an Earth One Plastic Man. Man, unless they're saying that the Golden Age Plastic Man stories, which came yes. out by in Police Comics and in Plastic Man's own title by Quality, unless they're saying that took place in Earth One, yeah. but there's no evidence to suggest yeah. that. And also there's no Batman in those stories, of course. so there's no previous relationship. This is just presented as being Plastic Man full stop. There's mm -hmm. nothing to say whether it's the son of the original. I'm presuming it's the guy that's generally been headlining his own comic, I suppose, because yeah. that's probably most likely. Interesting. We'd probably keep going with the story, I think. So again, yes. there's a lot of this stuff that we can only formulate and theorise. It's, it's very difficult to actually nail anything down, but to me at mm -hmm. least, as we probably agreed here, this suggests that this is an Earth One plastic man that Batman is very familiar with, maybe previous adventures with. Very interesting. So, panel three of page 14 has a caption that says, Mr. Mulder is already doing just that, plastic man, for in the old abandoned warehouse. Uh, yes, we can see him working his controls again, and there's a sort of vat coming down from the ceiling, pouring some gloop into a big glass dish that's connected up to some other tubes. It looks like there's maybe a weird Bunsen burner underneath it or steam coming off it. We can see some of the plastoids standing looming in a doorway in the background. They're not autons, honestly. The Mulder is operating the equipment and he's saying, These ordinary crimes, though performed sensationally, are not enough. Do not garner enough booty. The age of plastic demands great deeds, great heaps of loot, and these shall come to pass. And if Batman and Plastic Man still continue to give me trouble, I have an answer for them. There, my latest, greatest advance in plastic technology is completed. And we get a shot of some equipment here. There's some hissing and spitting. There's a robotic arm. Fires some stuff from a nozzle into a container. The motor continues. And what better place to test it than the streets of Gotham City? Soon to be the first conquest of the Plastic Age. Meanwhile, above those streets of Gotham, it's worried Guardian patrols. Yep, we see Batman swinging along on a line. I wonder if that's the same Bat Gargoyle we saw earlier on. Could be. We can see. Batman, as he swings along, and it's a terribly rendered panel, I must say, Batman is saying, Quiet. Too quiet. As the hombres and the TV westerns always say, Where's Plastic Man patrolling? Can't spot him. Top of page 15 now, caption for the first panel. Where's the malleable Marvel patrolling? Well, far, far below. We see a Gotham City Transport Authority worker walking along with a temporary bus stop sign over his shoulder, but it's clear to us that the bus stop's a disguised plastic man. 
So the busman's walking along. There's a, there's a great big cartoon rubbish bin on the pavement behind him. And he, he seems to be walking through an ill-defined orange void. <laughs> <laughs> I sound like I'm being snide, but it's actually got some very interesting work from Sikowski there, to be honest. The way the pavement is sort of rendered. It's almost minimal. It's very, very interesting. So the busman's walking along with Plastic Man as a bus sign over his shoulder. And he's saying, the bus says bus number four ain't going this way no more. Got to change the stops. And Plastic Man, in his disguise as the bus stop, thinks, Didn't expect this when I made like this sign, but it's a good way to cover Gotham without arousing the Mulder's suspicions. And speaking of the Mulder, the caption for panel two says, At this very moment. Yep, and we see the Mulder swinging in again above a massive domed building. I'm using one of his special plastic tentacle type rope things with a massive gun in his hand this time, and he's saying, H hour has struck. And what better place to begin than Gotham's heart and brain, the City Hall. Yes, the City Hall is the dome building. Panel 3 shows the Mulder. <laughs> Presumably his cape must be attached to something and he's yeah. swinging in on it. It looks like he's hanging in midair and he's firing his big gun, which it looks as though actually now that I look back at page 14, that that was being removed from the vat by the robotic arm. In the foreground of panel 3, page 15, we see Plastic Man's head stretching and forming properly out of the bus stop sign, and he spots the Mulder and thinks, The Mulder, hitting the city hall with a cocoon of weird plastic. And in the next panel, Plastic takes on more of his own form and says, Getting off, this is my stop, friend. And the busman is appalled and screams, Yow! The sign's alive! As Plastic Man folds into normal shape and drifts away from him. Over the page then, top of page 16, Plastic Man is floating up in the air, almost in a sort of balloon shape, above the Mulder. And he says, Hold it, Mulder. For a snake in the grass like you, a cobra-shaped shield should stop that plastic blitz. Yes, that's obviously the shape that Plastic is taking on. The Mulder, still floating on, on his plastic rope cape, exclaims, Plastic Man, you fool! You've done just what I wanted you to do! And he fires his big fancy plastic gun at Plastic Man. Plastic Man exclaims in the next panel, Yipes! What's happening to me? I'm very like on the cover. Plastic Man is losing all sense of a human shape. His head and his neck are still there, but his body is splurging out. There's no better way of putting mm -hmm. it. Splurging out all over the place. And the Mulder, still swinging on his cape and floating in midair, says, Very simple, you boastful buffoon. You are now saturated with a catalytic plastic which is infecting your very molecules so that they will reproduce themselves endlessly. Yes, Plastic Man. You're heading for big things. Ha ha ha! We have a closing caption for this panel that says, And the brave and bold era is heading for bigger things in the blockbusting panels of part three, which kicks off on second page following. The rest of this page is taken up with an embarrassment for Lois Lane, which looks like a sketch of a Neil Adams cover. We have a text page which says, Some famous plastic men which we might stick in the socials if we can summon up the energy. And we arrive then, now at the top of page 17. A caption says, Part 3, Doom, what is thy shape? And we've a text caption that says, Tidal wave, avalanche, earthquake. Gotham City's never suffered from any of these before, so there's no warning signal for what's happening right now. Plastic Man turned into an avalanching tidal wave of spreading plastic that makes the very canyons of the defenceless city quake. Yes, this is astonishing. I wonder if it hurts. 
I would imagine so. But then again, does he actually have any? Yeah. Yeah, he didn't seem to feel any pain when he was broken into bits earlier on. True. Yeah. So maybe maybe he has no sense of feel. I wonder if he can even taste. Good grief. Who knows? Listeners, this is the Metaphysical Plastic Man podcast. Only two panels on page 17. Both run the full length of the page. In the first one, the Mulder is still floating and hanging from his plastic cape. And we see that Plastic Man is spreading out further. Tentacles of plastic reaching out to coil themselves around buildings. The Mulder is saying, You have lost control of yourself, you elastic clown. And now perform for the Mulder, master of the new plastic age. Plastic Man says, Tentacles! I'm shooting out tentacles that are thrashing the skyscrapers to bits. Fantastic! I can't stop myself! And the caption for panel two. Just then. Thank goodness Batman swings in on his line and he says, Mulder! First, what's happening to Plastic Man, or I'll tear you to bits. Mulder, who's down below Batman from where Batman is flung in, with Plastic Man stretching out behind him in the background. Mulder, looking up at Batman, says, Ha ha! Tear away, Kate Crusader. But not even I can reverse the catalyst. Once it has begun, Gotham City is doomed. Now this panel on page 18, the first panel, this is very, very similar to the cover. Mm-hmm. Batman is caught up to the Mulder they're on the rooftop they're each grabbing each other at the throat basically Batman's on top he's trying to hold the Mulder down the Mulder still has his gun in his hand Plastic Man silent behind him but still stretched up and horribly horribly distorted Batman has a hold of the Mulder as I say and he says you madman what can you hope to gain the complete domination of Gotham City the first hostage of the Plastic Age Plastic Age? maybe chum but like every other age it will pass and I'm going to end you and it right now. If you look at your worthy fellow superhero Batman, you'll see he's about to end the Batman age. Ha ha ha! And in the next panel, final panel of page 18, this is horrendous. We see that Batman and the Mulder are now about to be completely subsumed and it looks as though Plastic Man is just melting around them and over them. This is horrible. Batman says, Plastic Man, inundating us with a wave of seething plastic. If this is it... You'll go with me, Mulder. That's what you think, Batman. Over the page, and it seems that Plastic Man is now fully dissolved into fluid, and Batman's floating in it. The Mulder, as he floats up and flies up and away, he says, While you grope and struggle like a drowning man, I simply break out by using my jets. Plastic against plastic. Simple and efficient. Yes, so all the nozzles that are attached to his costume, like his gauntlets and his gloves and his legs, they're firing out, basically, and he's sort of flying up out of the gloop. Batman says... Blazes, I'm drowning, smothering, being scalded in this stuff. Scalded? So it's hot. Sounds like it. Oh my god, so Plastic Man is basically melting. That's what he's done. This is horrendous. Panel 2, page 19, is a caption that says, Now, as the human tidal wave of plastic rolls on, and on, and on. Yep, the Mulder fires from one of his guns, firing a plastic line up to the, the aforementioned bat gargoyle so that he can swing away. All we can see of Batman are his gloves and his hands poking out from the Plastic Man gloop. And as the Mulder departs, he says, The triumph is complete. Farewell, Batman. Farewell, Plastic Man. Gasp. Has the Plastic Age truly triumphed? Do we now stand on the threshold of a time of terror and chaos beyond man's wildest fears? Let us go directly to the City Hall Tower for the first part of the answer. This panel looks like it's been flown in from a, a 1950s Jack Kirby police comic. Or a Strange Adventures issue. Yeah, it's very bizarre, isn't it? Mm-hmm. 
We're basically with Commissioner Gordon and a few of his officers. The first policeman who's there says, We've zeroed in on Plastic Man, Commissioner Gordon. And Gordon says, Keep firing. This old World War II gun stored here for patriotic parades is Gotham's only hope to break up that plastic nightmare. And we see that one of the other officers is basically staring down the sights of a large weapon that he's got on his shoulder. Almost like a like bazooka. bazooka. So, panel four of page 19, there are only four panels on page 19, has a caption that it says, But as the first shells slam into the huge smothering mass that was the malleable marvel... Yes, the shell with a giant blam sound effect collides with Plaz, and Plastic Man might be suffering here because he says, Great polymers! Those shells! Knocking off pieces of me! No! Stop! Yeah, and we can see that chunks of plastic are being flung up and broken off. This is horrendous! My goodness, top of page 20, the caption of the first panel says, Next moment! And with a wee and a wham, we can see another shell collides and Plastic Man breaks even further and his head and his neck and part of his shoulders goes flying and he exclaims, Yow! There goes my better hundredth! My goodness, this is bizarre. There is a caption and it says, The head and a hunk of Plastic Man flies across the stricken city to land inside an old warehouse. Yes, with a giant smash, we see Eel O'Brien's head. Flying through a window, he bounces onto some equipment, bounces again onto the floor, bounces another couple of times, and then collides with a jar. This is grotesque. And as he clunks into this jar, in this laboratory, Plastic Man says, Huh? This place? It's the Mulder's lair! It's very lucky that that's where he ended up. Mm. Anyway, you see his head lying on his bench, and it can see in the foreground, there's a little jar, or a beaker, as Plastic Man says, with the phrase, Memory Plastic, written on it. And Plastic Man observes and says, a beaker filled with liquid plastic solution. That may be it. That may be the answer to it all. In the next panel, what's left of Plastic Man has sort of turned himself into a little worm and it's inched its way up the side of the beaker. As he does so, he says, Got to slither up this slippery beaker and reach it somehow. Exerting his molecules to the utmost, PM stretches, slides, scrambles, shinnies, up, up. Until... Plaz has got his head over the rim of the beaker, and he's gone straight into the liquid, saying... Made it! Now to drink this stuff! Ah, ah, hardly my cup of tea! Good grief. Over the page now, top of page 21, the caption for the first panel. But as old Plaz pulls himself back up and out of the beaker... We see a bunch of the plastoids running through the doorway. Plastic Man's head and shoulders in the foreground observe and say... So far, so good. But I'll never get out of here till next week at this speed. The plastoids, maybe they'll be the help I need. The caption for panel two. The plastoids help our shattered hero. Plaz must have really lost his head. We mean, uh, <laughs> let's see what's coming next. Yeah, in panel two, the plastoids have all made a dive for what's left of Plastic Man. With a clump, they all collide and go down onto the ground. Plastic Man's voice pops out of it all saying, Ah! Not all at once. Panel three. They've grabbed a hold. One's pulling at his hair. One's pulling at the side of his face. One's pulling at would have been his neck. They're all just stretching out his head. Oh, it's awful. That's it. Ah, tear me apart. Ah, just try to tear me apart, you creeps. Caption for panel four. Suddenly, as the remnant of Plastic Man is stretched, stretched. Obviously, it reaches as far as it will go because with a massive kaboing. Plastic Man's head goes flying back out of the window that it came in and Plaz exclaims, 
Thanks, boys! Caption for the final panel, page 21, says, Back across Gotham flies the rebounding chunk. With a very hearty plop, Pazzi's head has managed to reconnect with his body, which is still spread out all over the place, tentacles around and flowing and looking horrendous. And as he collides with his body, he says, Perfect! I'm in contact with my other molecules, messed up though they be. And as we arrive at the top of page 22, the caption for the first panel says, Quickly, Plastic Man blends himself into his own main mass. Yes, wonderful. And it's obvious that he's managed to regain a little bit of control because we can see him returning almost to an, a more regular, normal, stretched out Plastic Man shape, starting to shrink down. And he, and he remarks, It's working! I'm shrinking! Well, caption for panel 2 of page 22 says, While perched high above Gotham, A nice aerial shot showing a skyscraper and the aforementioned bat gargoyle that we've seen earlier on. Um, the Mulder is standing watching what's going on and he says, What? It can't be. But Plastic Man is shrinking back. The city's being uncovered. Caption for panel 3. Within seconds, the great smothering cloud is no more. Yeah, it's weird. You don't actually see that happening in these two <laughs> panels. It's just quite a clear view. Mm -hmm. I suppose it must be the view looking up at the Mulder. We don't actually see his point of view of mm -hmm. everything shrinking down. But anyway... And then Batman is revealed, hanging on to the end of the, the Bat-Gargoyle thing. And Batman says, I'm being uncovered too, Mulder. Batman, hanging onto the ledge. You went smothered after all. Batman vaults up to be level with the Mulder on the final panel of page 22, saying, No, friend, I just hung under that ledge like a bat. There is plenty of air trapped with me. But now I shall finish you once and for all. For bats do not have nine lives. We arrive then at the top of page 23. With no room to dodge atop the narrow spire, Batman appears an easy target for the scalding, piercing jet of molten plastic. The Mulder fires from his head nozzle with a splat sound effect, though Batman manages to head him off by grabbing the wing of the off-scene bat gargoyle and bending it round. Batman says, This bat has nine lives, Mulder. You tricked me, but my next blast will get you. That was your next blast, Mulder, and this one's mine. And with a thud, Batman connects with a massive left-hander. And with an ooh, the Mulder goes flying. In fact, in the next panel, we see him falling off the side of the building. Batman says, He's falling. I didn't want it this way. I had no choice. Poor, demented man. Nothing can save you now. But then we see Plastic Man stretching out his giant left hand and catching the Mulder. Plastic Man says, Nothing can save him except... Plastic Man. Phew, that was close. And so we arrive at the top of page 24. Batman swings down a line to join Plastic Man on the pavement, who is holding the Mulder trapped between the fingers of his still enormous giant left hand. As Batman swings down, he says, Plas, you're back to normal. How'd you do it? How'd you reverse your fantastic growth? The Mulder and a bit of luck did it. My head was blasted into his lab where I gulped some memory solution. By rejoining my main mass, I was able to saturate all my molecules with its properties, so they remembered my usual form and changed back to plain little old malleable me. And a smiling Batman and Plastic Man in the final panel of the story, Batman offers his right hand to Plast to shake, and Plast bends his right arm up behind his neck and round to reciprocate the gesture. Batman says, Good thinking, Plast. Once that plastic avalanche was gone, the rest was easy. Glad you were on my team this time. Check. And since the Mulder's age of plastic is over, maybe I'll start one of my own. 
but just for laughs. Great, Plaz. I'm chuckling already. And we have a final closing caption that says, So are we, because the regular adventures of Plastic Man and his own mag will heat up your funny bone, mould your mirth, and generally split your sideburns. <laughs> Plastic Man, Batman, the brave and the bold. Read him ever, miss him never. The, the end. end. So, what did you make of that? It was great. Well, I think that final caption confirms that this is meant to be the same Plastic Man that we've been seeing in his own comic. But we do know from the letters page in his own comic, he has got his own world. It's basically very really, It's This is very hip. It's that brave and bold thing again, mm. isn't it? If we're taking that the Batman of the Yellow Oval is always the Batman of Earth 1, then mm. this suggests this is the Plastic Man of Earth 1. But the caption there seems to be saying, get more stories with the same guy in his own comic. Yeah. They've already said in his own comic mm -hmm. that they're on their own separate worlds. Either you disregard all that stuff completely, or this takes place on that Earth of Plastic Man's, and this is the Batman of that Earth. That's exactly what I was going to say. Logopolis. Indeed. Yes, so it could be. I mean, as you said, and as it stated there, it was, there was a familiarity between the two characters. Mm-hmm. Also, the phrase that Batman used at the end, glad you were on my team this time, uh -huh. implied that there's some sort of antagonistic version. Unless he's just talking about Plaz being basically the blob and mm. uh, infesting the city. Glad which... you're on my team this time. That's, but I, would, I was thinking the same thing. Does yeah. that mean that maybe there's been some kind of conflict in the past when they've mm -hmm. been? Maybe there was a Civil War-style storyline on this, this Earth mm -hmm. where you know Batman took one side and Plastic Man took another, or something similar and they fell out over some kind of important issue. Or maybe Batman had some kind of history with Eel O'Brien mm. uh, before he hey. became Plastic Man when he, yeah. was back when he was a crook. Yeah, that could be what he's referring to. That's mm. very interesting. Yeah. No, I, I love that. I mean, it was a bit of a perfect storm. I mean, it wasn't an overly complicated story. I think that Mike Sikowski's artwork was kind of perfect for it, really. Yeah, yeah. It rattled along. There was some brilliant stuff. Not the densest of stories we've ever done, you know, compared yeah. to one of the showcase ones or whatever. It was great fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to find have read it properly for the first time <laughs> <laughs> so there's another story we're going to briefly mention that's in this comic it's a reprint of a solo story for robin called the man called 50 50 mm -hmm. which is basically robin up against a guy that kind of looks like two-face yeah for some reason they didn't use two-face it's a uh, 50 50 finley all his decisions are made on a 50 50 basis whether there's a toss of a coin a cut of the cards all that sort of thing it's just a basically a variation on two-face yeah i mean it's so weird because two-face disappeared for quite a long time didn't he yeah, basically there were no appearances of Two-Face at all in the Silver Age. His last appearance was in 1953, 2nd of December. Batman 81 came out. That's classed right. as the first appearance of the Earth-1 Two-Face. Okay. But then he didn't appear again until 1971 mm. in Batman 234. That famous cover. Yeah, and of course he's been a major staple of the, the Bats uh, mythos since. Mm -hmm. So So yeah, interesting. So this story was originally published in Star Spangled Comics issue 128 in 1952. But it's very interesting that he's um he's basically too I mean his costume is he wears a suit, different colours split down the middle, one side of his face is in shade or, or painted black or whatever. The resemblance is immediate and uncanny. I suppose just worth mentioning as a curio, just because it's it's in the comic and it's quite interesting. So yeah, so Batman and Plastic Man then. That was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I was really quite concerned at points that, as as we said during it, that it was quite horrific what they were putting Plast through. It was they put him through the ringer, so it to speak. Indeed. Yes. And the Mulder's a really interesting character, which sadly this version of the Mulder does not come back at all, right. which is a shame. However, the Mulder has a bit of a legacy himself, because in Flash issue 253, there's a character in it called the Mulder, who's a villain. 
but it turns out it's actually Ralph Devney, elongated man, who is going through a bit of a, a mental breakdown because he drank gin gold while the Flash was carrying him and running at super speed, and that had an effect on his body chemistry. Oh, right. And it also affected his powers. He couldn't actually stretch himself, but he could touch things and make them mould and stretch. Right. Okay. Which uh, gave us a really cool cover to Flash issue 253. And weirdly, bearing in mind, that was actually Ralph Dibney, Elongated Man. Yes, I, I think I know where you're going with this, yeah. yes. He turns up in issue 10 of Crisis and Infinite Earth in a panel. Now, here's the thing, that character didn't exist. He's only in that story and that character was never used again. So what we could maybe surmise is that the original Mulder did return and perhaps adopted the second Mulder's costume maybe he knew paul gamby in central city and right yeah up. who knows I, I think that's a possibility if you're wanting to if you want to tie all this together why yeah. not why not yeah the molder in crisis and essentially is it the molder who we've just seen but in the wrong costume so having the same powers and you can't see it it's basically in one yeah. one big panel right so ah, you don't right. really see so him. we're obviously so George Perez didn't realise that this was Ralph Dibney in disguise. He's yeah. Just, he's probably just given the cover at Flash 253 and said, draw mm. this guy. Or right. even just like himself, just thought, who looks interesting. Unless it's another version of the Mulder from a parallel Earth that Could had that be. costume, and because this is Crisis and else after all. But I suppose there's only a few Earths left at that point yeah, in the story. Yeah. So who's to say, even maybe it wasn't from Earth X or maybe even from mm-hmm. Earth 2 or something? There mm-hmm. might have been just a costume power name coincidence thing. Could, Could have happened. Mm. thought it was worth mentioning just now because oh, yes. to be honest by the time we get to crisis <laughs> 10, there'll be a lot more to talk about than yes that. <laughs> yes I can't imagine us doing full cast read-throughs of each issue of Crisis. It'll probably be, Who knows? It'll probably be summaries and key points of dialogue, I suppose. We'll, we'll find out, out that. We'll do it page by page. Yeah, we'll figure that out eventually. <laughs> yes, each each page of Crisis and Infinite Earths will get its own weekly episode. Mm-hmm. Or a daily panel. <laughs> oh, gee whiz. Gosh, willikers. I know. I can't even think about it, to be honest. Sadly, there is no letter column for Brief and Bold at this point. Literally, the next issue is the first one that gets a regular letter column. So unfortunately, we don't have any reader reaction. That's a real shame, isn't it? Yeah, it's a real shame. I would have loved to have heard what people thought of this at the time. Yeah. It's mm. just such a fun story. It's so good. Mm. It's uh, it's light-hearted. It's fun. It's entertaining. It's quite horrific. At some point, as I said, it is basically Plastic Man becomes the blob. Yes. So it's it's weird and very kind of zeitgeisty. It's still a hangover from the 60s TV show because most yeah. of that had gone. Yeah, well, it was, it was still on by the end of 67, wasn't it? Yeah, it was still on, but most of the, the hype had the all hype, died down, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's calmed down in GLA. Yes, yes. oh yeah, absolutely. And we're, so, we're, we're a long way from, as mm-hmm. I know, I'm going to mention it again, Hal Jordan putting a hand on the hip and saying, you know, camp-style <laughs> Green Lantern. Yes. Yeah. So Full back tattoo of that now, listeners, I've got, you wouldn't believe. Yeah, I'll post an image of it on the sofa. <laughs> so yeah, it's progression, but Bob Haney just loves this stuff. Bobby and he don't care. He's very good at it though. It's, you can't yeah. lie. It's an entertaining. It's a, oh, it's a brilliantly exciting yeah. and entertaining story of mm. Batman and Plastic Man having to team up, having a bit of trouble. Plastic mm. Man having some trauma. Batman getting his helicopter. Mm-hmm. Cameo from Commissioner Gordon trying to help, not realizing. Fantastic. It's so good. It was all good. And yes. if Commissioner Gordon hadn't tried to help and blasted Plastic Man's head off, exactly, then this yeah. wouldn't have been resolved. Exactly. So it worked out for the best. Well done, Commissioner Gordon and the lads. Yes. So there you go. Tremendous. <laughs> But even although there's no response to this story from the readers at the time, that doesn't stop you from getting in touch with us, telling us what you thought about this story. You can email us at theearth2podcast at gmail.com, follow us on Facebook and on Instagram at theearth2podcast, and on Twitter, we're at podcast underscore earth2, and we post up 
tons of bonus material on all three. Yep, so check out Facebook and Instagram because as usual we'll post the cover and some selected panel highlights and through the week we'll post some other relevant material as well. Probably involving Batman and Plastic Man. I'm sure they will. Mm -hmm. Got an idea. Yeah, lots to come. Excellent. And of course, Plastic Man will return in the pages of Brave and the Bold. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll probably do most of them, I think. Well, I'm not sure if we've decided if we're going to do them all, but we'll certainly do a couple of them. Only one way to find out, and that's to subscribe to us. Absolutely. Or you could check out our website, that's the2podcast.com, where all of our shows are, this one and all the previous. So on that note, I've been Peter. And I've been David. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time on... The Earth 2 Podcast. Transmatter Cube activated. Return coordinate set for Earth Prime. No, Batman. I'm just stretching the old plastic corp. <laughs> corp blah, 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 blah.